Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Today's poem is entitled Moving Forward. Don't ever settle or compromise just to convince yourself by telling lies. You know what you want and what you deserve. Don't ever stop pursuing your dreams. Just keep on holding on to the very thing that you believe. Your price is above rubies and what is meant to be will be. Eventually, if you stay strong, you'll see the light before long. Dreams will start to come true. Always have faith in the authentic you. Hold on to what you truly believe. Keep on moving forward. So I hope that you all are having the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Moving forward. Moving forward. So if you've been listening to my episodes over the past few months, um, I launched the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I actually launched the podcast on January the 7th of 2021, which was two days before my 47th birthday. And in doing so, um, it was a gift, an early birthday gift to myself. I had tried to do podcasting before um, and I was crushed based off of one particular person's insight and it it actually crippled me for just a moment and so as I went into doing a self-evaluation and thinking about the things that I desire thinking about the um, goals that I have the dreams that I have um, some of the things that I aspire to do podcasting kept coming up Um, one of the reasons is if you could probably tell I love to talk So with my loving to talk, I decided to delve into podcasting. So part of moving forward for me was silencing the noise so that regardless of if anyone reciprocated, um, listened, cheered for me, encouraged me, one of the things that I wanted to do was still use the opportunity to podcast if nothing else then for me to say that I've done it. And so now we are in the month of September, <clears throat> excuse me, and I've done it. So I actually love podcasting. Didn't realize that I was going to love it as much as I do, but I do love podcasting. And so um first of all, it allows me to use my voice, something that, you know, I know that I wasn't given the voice or gifted with the voice just to stay silent. Um the other reason why I love podcasting is because I am very extremely opinionated. And although only a portion of how I think is displayed whenever it is or conveyed whenever it is that I am doing my podcasting, it still gives me an opportunity to express myself. So that's another reason why I love podcasting. 
And so um, when I think about moving forward, I think about, in a sense, allowing bygones to be bygones, being able to go sometimes in a totally different direction, being able to operate on a totally different frequency, being able to forgive, let go and move forward. Um, and I think about a lot of the relationships that I have experienced that didn't necessarily succeed or stand the test of time. I used to feel some type of way about that. I used to feel some type of way about being a part of a relationship that did not stand the test of time. I'm not even sure why I was so affected by that. And it took quite a while for me to reframe how I viewed ended relationships because I would take them so personally and maybe part of the reason why I would take ending a relationship so personally is because in order for you to be in a relationship it requires two people and so a lot of times I would feel like I had done my best to maintain that friendship or I had done my best to maintain that relationship it wasn't until recently when I really started to evaluate my entire life that I, I realized that I can't say that for every single relationship that I've ever encountered. I can't say that for every single friendship that I've had that I gave it my all. Some of those friendships I allowed to fall by the wayside because I saw red flags early on in the friendship. Some of those relationships I allowed to fall by the wayside <clears throat> excuse me, because I saw red flags in the relationships. And so I have learned how not to internalize every single failed relationship because there's still a lesson to be learned even when it doesn't necessarily work out in my favor. Um, there's always a lesson that can be learned um, in any type of situation. And so what I've tried to do is reframe how I view failed relationships, reframe how I view moving forward in the sense of what did you learn from that experience? And by my doing so, it's my hope that by my taking personal inventory of where it is that I failed or where it is that I fell short, where it is that I didn't give it my all, um, where it is I may not have listened, where it is that I may have not expressed myself in a way that the other person could be receptive to the words that were coming out of my mouth. What I have tried to do is teach myself how to communicate in a healthier fashion. What I've tried to do is also understand that every failed relationship does not mean that I'm a failure. What I've tried to make sure that I do, <clears throat> sorry y'all, it's early in the morning and I'm trying to adjust, but what I'm trying to, what I've tried to do is also learn how um, there is a lesson. There's always a lesson to be learned if we take the time out to educate ourselves. Um, and so when I look over a couple of my relationships, one in particular, this is something that I, I literally have forgotten about until I watched a movie. So I watched a movie with a friend um, and it was Respect with Jennifer Hudson. Wonderful movie, if you ask me, in my opinion. And, you know, sometimes you can watch things and not even realize that it's a trigger for you. And maybe the reason why I didn't recognize it initially is because I have moved forward. However, 
I'm going to talk about it on today. Excuse me. And it is in reference to domestic violence. So as I watched the movie, I didn't realize how relatable the movie was. Had not a clue. It wasn't until later on that I started processing what I had seen. And as I was speaking to my friend, I was expressing to him how um, I had totally forgotten about a lot of the domestic violent encounters that I had experienced. And I mean, I know that that's a sign that I have either healed or maybe it was just lying dormant within me and I just you know had moved on and just didn't deal with it whatever the case may be when I started to explain to him a few of my experiences a few of my encounters let me back up so it'll make more sense so um I suffer from lower back pain and for the longest time doctors were telling me not really doing any real extensive um like x-rays or anything like that to see if what they were saying to see if the diagnosis that they were providing was even accurate they were just saying because I described where the pain was at they just assumed that it was my sciatic nerve so for some reason after watching this movie And just pretty much being engulfed in how everything unfolded, I didn't realize that I had not addressed a traumatic experience for me. Um, And I pretty much had brushed it under the rug, so to speak. I didn't really deal with it. I don't think I've ever dealt with it. But after watching the movie, even though that type of scene wasn't in the movie, it triggered a memory in me. And so I was talking to my guy friend and I was telling him how I totally had forgotten about an isolated incident where my ex sat on my back while my lower back while I was pregnant for four hours. And I remember having to go to the hospital and them telling me that he nearly broke my sacrum. I didn't even know what a sacrum was. Let me just put that out there. Had not a clue. I didn't know what a sacrum was. Um, However, when they told me this, it still didn't register. But what I was conveying to my friend is that I had totally forgot about that situation. And so when my lower back is hurting, I have fell for what they stated. Oh, it's just your sciatic nerve. Because I forgot that this person sat on my back for four hours and nine times out of ten there has been nerve damage in my lower back. And this is the reason why I have this pain. And it's like a chronic pain. It hurts so badly whenever it hits. And so, um, but once I talked about that, all of these different incidents with this particular person who I was a victim of domestic violence with ended up coming in like a flood and I know that I've healed because I wasn't you know I didn't break down crying or anything but I don't know when it shifted to where it was something majorly traumatic to where I totally forgot it's like it was erased from my memory for a moment and it literally took watching something on a film for it to trigger that memory 
And so I was like, oh my goodness. And then now mind you, it didn't trigger the memory immediately. It like, it is like it tapped into something. And as time went on a few hours later, that's when the memories started flooding in. And so I was like, oh my goodness. Like, how do you, first of all, how come I've never talked about it? Let me, let me just start there. Maybe I was embarrassed, maybe at the time, I, because I do remember getting out of that situation eventually. I remember being in a women's shelter. I remember being pregnant, having my 20-year-old. Of course, my 20-year-old was a, a um, toddler back then. I do remember those memories. I remember one of my closest friends, God bless her heart, coming to pick me up. And I remember being told when I expressed it to one of my loved ones, um, telling her that I was actually um, a victim of domestic violence and she telling me you need to get out. Now, the way that she expressed that I needed to get out, I was under the impression that I was more than welcome to come and stay with her only to be told as soon as we showed up, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you told us to get out of this domestic violence situation. So I'm thinking, you know, you got a place for us to lay our heads and being told, no, that's not an option. I don't know what you're going to do, but you can't stay here. Um, and that's how we ended up in the shelter. So I remember that and I've conveyed that a few times. But for some reason, I had forgotten what led me to the shelter to begin with. So as I talked about this, I started to put, you know, connect the dots, so to speak. And um, looking back, I was like, I don't know if this person was in hopes that by sitting on my back for four hours that that was going to cause me to miscarry. I don't know if that was the intent. Um, I've never asked that question, so I don't know. Um, but it's like I literally looking back at that, I was like, wait a minute, you went through this like this was this is something that happened to you. Why haven't you processed it? And maybe it's because it was so traumatic because I, I did learn at one point when I was um, when I was seeking help, I did learn that sometimes you could go through a traumatic experience and it could be so traumatic that your brain sort of shuts that memory off to preserve your mental health. So I don't know if that is the reason why. It had been suppressed as like it was an automatic thing that my brain just shut off because it was so traumatic. But whatever the reason, it came back like a flood the other day. And I was like, you know, I need to talk about this. I need to really, truly talk about this because we have a tendency. I'm not speaking for everyone, but I am speaking for a lot of people. We have a tendency to pretend like our crap doesn't stink. We have a tendency to pretend like we haven't been through anything. We have a tendency to, to put on the best face and put on the front like, oh, you know, I've never harm has never come near my dwelling. And and it's just not true. And so I wanted to talk about my experience with domestic violence. So it took my children to tell me I didn't do it on my own. It took my children to tell me that they were afraid for my life as well as theirs because of the volatile atmosphere being my me and my ex had created. Um, it took my children to be the voice that I needed to hear for me to find the strength to exit 
it took that person who truly didn't offer a way of escape, just told me what I needed to do to say, you need to get out. It took my friend to pick me up and take me where I needed to go because at that time we shared a vehicle and I wasn't about to fight him over no vehicle. And so it took my friend to pick me up and take me all over town to find somewhere for me and my toddler to lay our heads. It took strength. I didn't know what the outcome would be. But I stepped out and I did what I felt like at that time was best for myself and best for my unborn child as well as my child. And do I regret that? Absolutely not. Because I was able to offer my children a safety haven. And looking back, I never even thought about the trauma that that caused my toddler because my toddler saw a lot. And sometimes I'll see as he is a young adult, I'll see moments where he's very angry. It never dawned on me because children, when they have to witness their parents going through a domestic violent type of situation, children are just as impacted as we are. They have a different type of bruise. They have a different type of bruising. And it didn't even dawn on me that watching me. Now, he didn't see the toddler did not see when he was sitting on my back. The ex was sitting on my back, on my back. He was someone was keeping him that weekend. So he didn't witness that. But he did witness volatile experiences with me and my ex. And so you never know how that impacts a child. You never know um, how that affects a child as they get older. Now, by the grace of God, I have not heard of him being violent himself, but I, I have witnessed him getting angry. Um, and I have offered counseling for him. And I think he made a few attempts and he just didn't like the process. So, but, you know, I've tried to make sure that all my children obtain and receive counseling because I know that there was a lot of things that we went through as a family um, that maybe they don't want to talk about, but I know that it affected them in some way, form or fashion. Cause I know it affected me. So if it affected me, I know it affected them. And so, um, I ended up leaving that situation, but it was because it was, um, a lot of different people that played a part in making sure that I got out. I couldn't have done it by myself. I probably wouldn't have ever did it by myself. But there were a lot of people that I confided in that told them my tr I told them my truth. And eventually I did exit that relationship permanently. Um, but I think about moving forward. Even in that, I did move forward. But that incident coming back into my mind after all of these years lets me know that yes maybe you don't ever truly 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 forget even when you forgive someone maybe you really just don't ever truly forget and to this day I have not held that against him to this day 
there were things that I believe could have been avoided had we not been so quick to marry. I truly believe that. I believe that we created the chaos because we were anxious where we should not have been. I believe we created a lot of volatile situations because we never took the time out to learn one another. We had our own preconceived notions of what marriage was supposed to be. And even though I thought, because we received marriage counseling, even though I thought that we had taken a moment to delve into our truth on both ends, we didn't really delve. It was still surface stuff. We didn't deal with how was your past? How were you raised? Were you ever a victim of domestic violence? We didn't ever have those conversations. So what I'm noticing is that now in my learning myself, how vital it is to have those conversations. So I was able to have that conversation with my friend. And I was glad that I was able to have that conversation because it's like sometimes you you need to be able to talk about some of those moments. And I mean, I'm not saying stay there, but it is a there's a healing balm in dealing with the traumas of your past. There's a healing in that. And so how I know that I've healed is that, like I said, I didn't shed one tear when I was talking about it. As a matter of fact, it kind of shocked me. It shocked me because I was like, you actually went through this. You forgot that you went through this, but you lived this. This is something that I lived. And so um, looking back, there's so much that we went through that I'm so glad that I'm no longer there. Now, my back, I mean, like they said, you know, if you I mean, even if you call it sciatica, it's not sciatica, it's my sacrum. But anyway, I know that now. So now when I do go back to the doctor, I can explain this to them. Then we can see if there's something we could do about my lower back. But do you know how many years I've been dealing with this lower back pain, uh, believing the story of it's the sciatic nerve? Now, granted, it might have impacted the sciatic nerve. But I do believe there's more at play than just the sciatic nerve. And that's something because, you know, when they ask you about your history, that's that's another thing. They ask you about your history when you are filling out the paperwork. That memory was so suppressed. I haven't even written it on a documentation other than when I went to the hospital initially about the fact that he had sat on my back for four hours. And that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And for those of you that are just like, okay, so how, first of all, um, this person was super, super, super tall and was not as light as a feather. So to try to get a person of that height and that weight off of you was very much impossible for me. And again, I think that that, I mean, it could have been, I, I've never asked the question. Maybe one day I will sit and ask him, why, what was your intent of sitting on my back? And I'll share that with you. I don't know if it's because he didn't want me to leave. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to speculate. I have to ask that question directly because I really don't know. Um, but nevertheless, I was a victim of domestic violence. And so... Even in that, that explains why it is that I have such a low tolerance for certain scenarios. Um, because I also recognize that when you are a victim of domestic violence, it's not just violence 
physically. It could be verbally. It could be emotionally. It could be psychologically. And so there's certain things that I have come to realize that I'm supposed to pay attention to so that I do not fall in that same trap, if at all possible. So, um, there's a checklist, and I don't know if I've ever shared this on any of my episodes, but there is a checklist, and I'm not going to read everything on the checklist, but it is in terms of the red flags that you should pay attention to anytime that you are dating. And um, I'm just going to put this in the atmosphere because some people that are praying and hoping for their purpose partner may need to keep this in the back of their minds and ask these questions. Again, I'm not going to list all of them. However, um, if you are trying to project the future, ask yourself the question, would I want this person to raise my child? If you are trying to talk yourself into a relationship, ask yourself if, um, do I want to rescue or help them because I see their potential? Or is it because you have some things in common and so you're avoiding looking at the most apparent differences? Some of the danger signs that you should pay attention to when it comes to dating is, are they still pining for a past relationship? Um, are they married or otherwise unavailable to commit to you fully, wholeheartedly? Are they immature, impulsive, and or irresponsible? Do they react to frustration with anger, rage, or blame? So if you have been a victim of domestic violence, that's something that you may want to ask yourself to see how they respond to certain situations so that you're not putting yourself in another volatile situation with this new person. Other common red flags... Do they have changeable, inconsistent behavior? Do they have an inability to listen to you, your deepest concerns, your hurts, your dreams, your goals, your ambitions? Do they monopolize the conversation? Do they talk too much, especially about themselves? So what they say about themselves, does it match their reality? Do they break their word often? Like if they promise that they're going to do something and then you look up and that something never comes to pass. Are they like literally never ever honest with you? Do they lack integrity in dealing with people, dealing with money, dealing with life? Do they lack integrity? Now I remember I actually shared this with someone who I've since blocked. <laughs> but I remember when I shared this with this individual, how this individual got indignant. Why are you sending this to me? First of all, every human being should have a copy of this if you're dating. That's first and foremost. 
uh, because if you're able to check these things off when it comes to me that means that I'm not dateable if I'm able to check these things off when it comes to you that means you're not dateable um, if we're trying to use some wisdom we would want to use something that would allow us to consciously date that would allow us to see the red flag so that we're not falling into a situation that later on we will wholeheartedly regret so I kind of chuckled when he asked that question but in my mind I'm thinking wouldn't you want somebody that says that they're your friend even though I know you wanted to be more than friends but wouldn't you want to have someone share this with you because even if you and I don't ever become an item it's something for you to keep in mind in the near future when you are pursuing someone else that's just my thought process but yeah so what you do after you um check off what applies then you total the amount of checked items and then you circle the checked items that need close attention decision making that require more information and then if you have a score then you score yourself um, and then using the score, you get to see whether or not you are in the operating in the right direction for a potentially healthy relationship or a relationship that you need to dissolve because there were way too many red flags. And so this should hopefully help the single people make more conscious decisions instead of entering into dating blindly or you know having that fairy tale type of mindset and then being blindsided in the end so just something to think about um i didn't read all of them but yeah it is something to ponder anytime that you are thinking about dating now i know that there are some people in this world just like i've given dating up that's fine i'm just talking to the people that want to consciously date um, that have made a decision to move forward and in making that decision to move forward they just want to make sure they do things a little bit more consciously and a little bit more intentionally so that they don't make the same mistakes twice or more than twice um, so this is going to conclude my episode on today but before i do i wanted to read a letter to my future hubby it is dated september the 13th 2021 here we go dear future hubby Maybe our paths have already crossed, or maybe they haven't at all. However, it seems as if I already know you. Something I know for certain, though, is that with the many episodes I've shared so far, hopefully you also feel as if you know me, too. One of the things that's if you listen to my episodes, because you may not have, you know, I may have to play this back to you when and if our paths cross because you may have never ever heard any of my episodes probably and if you you know depending on who you are you may not even know that I have a podcast so yes I digress <laughs> um one of the things I've been doing intentionally is unpacking my past this is in hopes to have healed by the time you and I cross one another's path in a different setting now I know that I may not be fully healed on every level mainly because it took a long time for me to get to this point. Therefore, it will most likely take a long time for me to experience healing in a lot of different areas. Nevertheless, my goal is to heal as much as possible so that you aren't dealing with the aftermath of the traumas I've experienced long before you stepped on the scene. It is my hopes that you will meet the best version of me to date. After I've done the work, 
Speaking of doing the work, I recently discovered an area that has been lying dormant in my life for some time that was only brought to my attention after watching the movie Respect. I hope that I will heal from my domestic violent traumas of the past. And I hope that you are not the type of man that will ever, ever bring, like, not just treat me like I've been treated in the past. I don't want nobody like that. But who will honor me in my present and who will respect me Never try to raise a hand at me. Never try to raise your voice at me. Never disrespect me um, in that light so that that trigger is not ignited. I also hope that you are doing the work. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And let's watch God change things. I love you. Love, Teresa. So y'all have the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there's only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.